In the days before Reckless Attack was a glimmer in the eyes of our players, there was an idea. An idea so warped, horrible, and twisted that we all knew it shouldn't see the light of day. But also we knew that it needed to. I would like to welcome you to perhaps the best, worst idea we have ever had that was an absolute blast. The inaugural 2022 Reckless Attack April Fool's Day Punpalooza Adventure. Hi everyone, it's me, DM Nathan. Uh, that's right, special episode this week. We hope that you enjoy. We had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, our resident pun master, Steve, led three familiar faces through a genuinely lovely dungeon crawl that is just absolutely filled with nonsense, puns, and references that we certainly did not get all of and probably you won't get all of, but such is just the depth of pun craft that Steve brought to the table that evening. I am sure you are all as excited to suss out the deep and shallow cuts alongside the Reckless Attack crew. So good news, this is actually part one, with part two going out next week for April Fool's Week proper. Then for our patrons, we'll be releasing a special Cast Reacts episode where Steve painstakingly and hilariously describes all of his references and puns after episode two drops as well. It, it was honestly a genuine blast to record, and we think you'll enjoy it as much as we did. Anyway, that's all from me. Buckle up, for Steve is about to take you on a whirlwind pun venture, the likes of which you've hopefully never seen before. See you all next week. This Justin, a man whose entire left side was burned by dragon fire, has recovered. He's all right now. Great. No. Good. No. no. I knew it was yeah. going to be powerless to no. stop it. No. Yeah. Yep. I refuse to acknowledge this. Yeah. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to the April Fool's Day edition of Reckless Attack. Yay! My name is Steve, and I am going to be the Dungeon Master for this adventure, which is entitled, Campaign is from France, This is Sparkling Adventure. <laughs> Ding! Uh, thanks, I hate it. <laughs> the energy for this episode is going to be a weird energy. It's going to be so buckle up, everybody. It's going to be... Gloriously awkward. I'm uh, just starting my list of puns I don't get, and the first one is the title. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, for some reason, thought that was a JoJo's reference. If no one else thinks that, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to break it to you, Jonathan, and probably also David. I'm assuming none of these will be JoJo yeah, that's, references. That's just, uh, that's fine. I'm, sorry okay. to, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you. Starting off, to my right playing a character I have never seen before or heard about. No. <laughs> there was no DM oversight on my horrible creations, so oh, I can't wait. Buckle up everyone. Hi. I'm Nathan and I am just playing and not explaining that we're actually a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. As Steve said, I am playing a character that has not been revealed to anyone. I asked Steve, "Hey Steve, do you want me to like Come up with a character with, like, the plot hook or with anything or, like, with this flavor, anything. I got no direction, so, like, let's party, everybody. Let's get yeah. weird. Woo. I've made some choices. We'll see how they turn out. But for a more familiar face. Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock. And today, I'm also still playing Kaskrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock. <laughs> Nothing has changed except for the Dungeon Master. Ooh. Hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pals, Mango and Junior. 
I don't know if we're actually going to talk about this, but we've been planning this April Fool's uh, adventure for quite some time. Oh, now. my God. That, that, that as is true. As long as the campaign, I think. Yeah, uh, actually, no. this, is, this has been in the works for, I think, over a year at this point. I had the idea to do one last year, so I started working on it, and then COVID resurgences and a bunch of other stuff. I think it's even, I thought it was even we longer than that. Oh, we, were, we were thinking about doing this oh, no, with it, our original last campaign yeah. characters. Yeah. So at least, oh, so I think years. it's like two to three years yeah, because could be, could time be. is meaningless right yeah. now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, it's too bad. I, I did some editing on the campaign itself. Otherwise, I would have had the original yeah. date. Yeah. Um, you can look up the version history. That's true. That's yeah. true. But, but like, listeners, just know these puns, they've been aging, marinating. <laughs> <laughs> some of them to may, full potency. That's right. Some, some of them may or may not be as topical as they were. Oh, good. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, so so we'll get to play the fun guessing game of what year was this actually? Right. Because like, oh, that's a fun, interesting reference from 2019. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I know there's at least one in here. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Sophie. I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana domain. And I am ready to die laughing and then also be very confused. So a couple of, uh, I don't know what to call them, housekeeping items, specifically for this particular adventure, we are going to be doing inspiration similar to how we were doing it in our regular campaign, except inspiration will be granted for any puns that are identified by the players. So I have, throughout the adventure, I have a an assortment of, uh, <laughs> of, of puns and jokes that are kind of built in. So any that the players can identify, their character then gets a point of inspiration. However, if you identify a second pun while you already have a point of inspiration, you can gift that point of inspiration to another player. Oh, okay. Uh, Good to or know. even to the DM. Mm, Probably not. Uh, I'm just, no. <laughs> but, you know. But, you know, I'm just going to throw that out there. Other than that... This is going to be what I kind of refer to as a mere, mere universe of our regular adventuring and a regular world. Okay. So nothing here will impact the canon world mm -hmm. uh, unless Nathan decides in game, he's like, you know what? Go ahead and keep that thing or, or whatever. <laughs> you know. I was ready to say like, well, let's see how it all plays out. Either it is extremely not canon or extremely canon mm -hmm. and we'll follow that up as we progress. And that's basically it. So I think if everyone's ready... We're going to dive into some puntastic punventure. <laughs> I got that one. Do I get inspiration? <laughs> sure. Yes. Hey, you see, I asked for it. Yep. There you go. Sturges is a local bar located inside a cave just outside the town of Walkie Mill. It was originally owned by a man named David, but he has long since retired and left the bar to his son, Harley. The bar got its name <laughs> due to the large <laughs> mosquito-like creatures. G go ahead and stop me at any point. I mean, I no, know. I mean, we get it. Harley <laughs> Davidson. Uh, I just want my inspiration for, like, understanding. <laughs> the bar got its name due to the large mosquito-like creatures that used to inhabit the cave in which the bar is now located. While the food and drink at the bar is not bad, neither is it noteworthy. Your group has made your way to the bar to partake in their anniversary cave diving contest an event that draws folks from hundreds and hundreds of feet around. <laughs> uh. Harley stands up on the stone-carved bar and begins to speak. Greetings, fellow townies. Welcome to the 34th annual Diving of the Cave. Well, I am sure that all of our regulars already know the rules, for those of you that are new, we'll give you a quick rundown. Number one, there is a 10 gold piece entry fee per person for the contest. Two, Teams will consist of no less than three people and no more than five. Number three, bag those creatures. Points are awarded for being the first back, but more points are awarded for the most interesting, as deemed by the judge, me. The team with the highest point total wins the pot. Less a modest 10% hosting fee, of course. Number four, your adventure ends when you come back out through the door. And he points to a, a door that is set into the back of the cave behind the bar. No readmittance to the caves until next year's event. Number five. The rumored treasure hoard of the great poisonous worm Halitosis the Noxious <laughs> has yet to be discovered, if it's even there at all. And number six. Finally, no killing of other contestants. 
And I think you all know why. And the rest of the audience joins in saying, it's bad for business. <laughs> at this point, one of the barmaids unlocks a gate at the back of the bar. They lift the gate, unlock a heavy wooden door behind it, and then step to the side. You can see the natural cave entrance beyond the door. Teams, pay your entrance fees and then enter. Choose your paths wisely. He then jumps down behind the bar and brings out a small box and a ledger and waits. Gasgrid Jackers, we don't have we don't have enough people. We don't have enough people. Vlaska, what are we gonna do? Guys, guys, can I just enter Mango? Is that an option? You are we entered you as a full stack. They counted that as one entity. Oh no. We really should have planned ahead better, guys. Like, I don't know what we were thinking. How did I not read the rules thoroughly? If only we could find a mythical fourth person to join us. But who could possibly be here this hour? Val stands on a table and looks around for a solitary person. person. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, go ahead and make a perception check. <laughs> do, you, do you have a Guidance. Uh, in-universe reason why Selv is not here? Uh so I was considering it, and I think with the the mirror mirror universe, Selv with an evil looking goatee, I he's off doing monk stuff. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That he's seems, taking that over the monastery, that becoming tracks. the ultimate monk. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, twenty three. So <laughs> Val is looking around this. I, I presume pretty crowded. It's relatively crowded. It looks like there are, you can see small groups of people standing and kind of queuing up get to get ready to put their names down and pay their entrance fees. There's at least uh, a couple groups that are already in line. Most of the people seem to be there to drink and have a good time and see who and what comes out that door. Got it. What Val would not even see, but at the front of this kind of forming line of paying the registration fees you hear a voice call out, and it seems to be rather miffed. Well, what do you mean you won't make change, sir? I have perfectly reasonable currency that I'm offering you, and yes, it may be more that you have in the till, but you should be able to accommodate me, sir. Gaskrin, follow that voice. <laughs> <laughs> and Gaskrin, like starts to wade through and like kind of big elbow his way through the crowd to the front of the line, saying, Sir! Sir, excuse me, one moment, and is trying to find the source of this surly voice. So it takes you a second because you, I don't know if Val would have said it, but you are looking at a certain eye level and then have to continue going down to find (laughs) this individual. And you see standing on his clawed tippy toes is a creature who is barely seeing over the table and probably what actually catches your attention first is a large ruby just sitting on the table uh, that appears to be very lovely and immaculate, but pointing at this large ruby with a clawed finger is a shining gold creature who has really interesting scales all over and is wearing a trench coat and has a big monocle, kind of like a one of those like eyepieces for zooming in on things and looking at them in you know extreme detail and. This kobold creature (laughs) is pointing at the gem and insisting, this is perfectly legal, sir. You you as a place of business should be more accommodating for those who are trying to enter this contest. And to say nothing that I still, of course, I did not see that only one person could not enter by themselves, sir. Excuse me, I think I found the most interesting creature here. <laughs> Do I get a prize? Uh, it has to come from, I believe it was had to come from inside the cave system. Uh, and then you, so if you, well, can, if you can get him in there and then bring him back out. And Kaskin crafts this devious look on his face. <laughs> Excuse me, kind kobold. Would you be interested in entering the cave as part of another team? And then we can just leave. And then there we go. <laughs> The kobold, who again is very small, even for just a normal kobold, is a small creature, turns around, and for those who don't know, kobolds are just like tiny little dragon people, and turns around, trench coat whirling around them, and very dramatically looks at you, Kaskarin, and says, A spare group, you say? Um, Please, uh, pray tell, what are your credentials, and might those credentials include, say, ten gold pieces for the finding of a fourth member? Well, we happen to be part of an adventuring guild that is taking a holiday as a much-needed break. 
at this point, Val will come over with checkers behind. Yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, guess where? Do you find somebody? I think I may have found someone that would make you the tallest member of the group. What? We, we found mini cells. Yeah. <laughs> Behold, this fine gentleman seems to be having a bit of trouble entering the contest and is a lone contestant. Well, that's perfect. Val shoots out her hand and says, Hello, sir. My name is Valeska Carter, member of the Golden Tree Guild. The kobold draws himself up to his full, presumably like two to three feet of height, and uh, extends a clawed hand uh, and says, Ma'am, ma'am, so good to make your acquaintance and bows deeply and uh, looks around at Checkers and Mango Mm -hmm. and extends two claws vertically, standing once again on his tiptoes to reach all the way up to Checkers, but will offer a hand also to Mango. I'm not the shortest one here. Great. (laughs) Nice to meet you. I'm Checkers. He kind of glares at you a little bit, but then catches himself for calling him short. And <laughs> he uh, he looks around and, oh, uh, good Sir Dwarf. Hello, hello. It is lovely to meet you. And also, we'll shake your hand. The name is Nevi Levanster. I am so pleased to meet your acquaintance and that of your pocketbook. Thank you. My good man, these three will be paying my entrance fee. And he reaches up and grabs the large ruby off the table and squirrels it away into one of the pockets of his trench coat. I'm just imagining it because he's so short, he has to like move yes. his hand a couple times. 100%. It's here and then somewhere. like grabs it and it just like scrapes along yeah. the table. Just kind of has to like bat it off like a cat. And Kaskin reaches into his coin pouch and pulls out 20 gold pieces. 10 for him and 10 for Nevi. Okay. Jasper, you're paying for mine too, right? Val has 20 <laughs> checkers. Checkers, checkers is trying to get both of you to pay for him so yeah. that he can pocket to the 10 gold difference. <laughs> That's the way to do it. There's a couple of groups ahead of you in line. The, the first group kind of goes up there and looks to be made of about five people. They look pretty young, probably their late teens, early 20s. All of them are human. And after paying their entrance fee, Harley says... Ah, a new team of fresh faces had decided to test their skills. Good luck. But before going through the open door into the cave system, uh, you see one of them stop and kind of uh, begin slowly gesturing and, and muttering some words. And then a circle appears on the ground, probably about five or six feet wide. And a form rises up from the ground into this circle. It looks like a large bird-like creature with wingless Wings, for lack of a better term, and Wing, uh, wingless wings, featherless, wi- wi- featherless. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, okay. 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 Let me <laughs> let me try that again. <laughs> and this form rises up, and it looks like a large featherless bird with Ooh. with its <laughs> the wings are there, but no feathers on them. Got ah. it. And it just seems to kind of be like bouncing up and down and flapping its its wings as if it was almost trying to fly but can't get anywhere, and it is large. It rises up, and it's easily probably about seven feet tall or so, and very broad-chested. Two of the uh, the kids kind of climb up onto its back, two of the smaller kids. Uh, I call them kids, but they're late teens, early 20s. <laughs> yeah. they, they Youngins. Cli- Indolent yeah. youths. Yes. They climb up onto, onto its back, and it pushes its wings out, and they, they have a place to kind of sit on its shoulders and wings, and then they make their way through the door. After they make their way through the door, door is closed, and Harley steps up and says, All right, start the countdown. And one person in the corner just starts counting. Seems to be about five minutes later, the next group is brought to the door. Sucks to be that person just sitting there counting yeah. for five whole minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> counting to that's, 300. Yeah. That, that's what they're paid for. Yep. True. All right, guys. So, what's our strategy once we get inside? I mean, we have to either be the first ones out or we have to find the most interesting creature once we get out there. I mean, this halitosis treasure chest, that seems pretty cool, right? He said no one's found it before, I think. Well, why would he mention it if it doesn't exist? <laughs> Val just brings out a whole notebook. Well, <laughs> I've been doing my research. <laughs> Valeska, you beautiful soul. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about it inside. I don't want anyone else to overhear. Nevi uh, looks at you and cocks an eyebrow and just kind of does one of those, like, knowing nose rubs and points at you uh, and gives you a wink. (laughs) So the the second group that approaches Harley to pay their entrance fee consists of three people. A woman in full plate armor with a helmet obscuring her face, and she seems to be the leader of this group. She is flanked by a gnome and a small green goblin. 
She steps forward and places a small pouch of coins on the bar. Harley looks at her and says, Our returning champion, First Lieutenant Lorian. As the returning champion, she has her choice of when to go in, and she is elected to go in second this time. The crowd shouts, and over the din, you can hear Harley say, Be careful, Amanda. Things have changed down there since last year. I got it. Okay. The name? The name? Amanda Lorian. Wearing full plate armor <laughs> with a tiny gray, green goblin. That is correct. Gnome. <laughs> Bill. Point, point of inspiration. <laughs> I don't get this one either. So. The, Mandalorian. the Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Okay, great. <laughs> this is like Jeffrey. Well, this is, yeah, yeah, right. It's true. Well, I, true. Try, I still try to puzzle out the kids and the bird with I know, I know, like, I know, I know it's I know something that one. I don't know. Is it a Pokemon? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. well, yeah. the people are screaming at us at home, I'm sure. <laughs> So Lieutenant Lorian enters the doorway, looks around, points to one side, and says, This is the way, and leads her team into the darkness. Now, any other entries into the contest? And Val's hand shoots up. You, Sir! Your group seems to be next in line. Val has collected all of the gold and is like, Here you go. 40 gold for four person team. Wait, what's our team name? I don't know, the golden tree. Oh, yeah. The. <laughs> Golden tree. The gilded I, tree. Sure. Uh, uh, it's more gold in a way. It's I like, like a it. golden tree wrapped in further gold. Oh, that sounds shiny. The golden like gilded tree. Very well. As then you can kind of hear the one person that is shouting numbers in the back, <laughs> in the back finally gets to somewhere around 300 and your your group is kind of pushed to the to the front towards the door. Once the door is opened, you can see inside that there is a stone corridor that is, it's it's unworked stone that kind of extends down into the blackness of the cave. Once the door is opened, almost immediately, you hear a piercing wail come from behind it, followed by yells and cries for help. Help us! Oh my god! We were so unprepared! <laughs> Why did we think this through? Val will make eye contact with Kaskrin's like, we gotta go. We gotta go. One quick thing. <laughs> Checkers leaves. Yeah, no. I, does Do the voices sound like some of the voices that we had heard earlier? Or do, are they like completely different? Yeah. They sound like the younger people's voices. Okay. The, those five humans that had gone in first. Okay. Good, uh, good check. Yeah. Okay. Right. yeah. Kaskrin at the first sound of distress starts to, to move in and says, Nevi, Vleska. Checkers, come on, we gotta go. Someone's in trouble. But there's a competition, come on. Yes, was this in the notebook? Yes, saving people is a way to get to Halitosis. Let's go! Mm, All right, I have have very low intelligence, (laughs) I will trust you. And Checkers would be moving the whole time, but just like, but but wait, like... (laughs) As you start to make your way down this stone corridor, you hear another voice that is much deeper and gargled and seems to be... uh, It's weird, it sounds both garbled and incredibly dry, like it's sucking the moisture out of the air when you hear it. No. And I turn around. <laughs> <laughs> and you just hear the you hear the voice say, kick it <laughs> as a wooden door from slightly down the corridor explodes outward. And stepping through is this humanoid creature that is almost a slightly dried husk of of a what was probably a former person. And also outpouring around him are these four other creatures that look like they're they're kind of scrambling on their hands and feet. They look like they might have been humanoid, but now they're kind of, they move on all fours uh, kind of around him. The voice, once again, he points down towards the corridor, back towards where the bar is, and he says, Bring me my party. And we're going to go into initiative. What? what oh. is happening? Oh, oh, I know there's a pun there. I don't <laughs> get it. I'm so mad. Oh, jeez. Do we do we find halitosis? <laughs> you just hear. I roll for halitosis. <laughs> Checkers with an 18. 14. 13 for Ooh. Nevi Levanster. Kaskrin with a 9. I'm still pondering. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to uh, make it extremely clear. Nevi Levanster, A, it has short, stubby little legs, and so is kind of slow, but also is inherently a coward and would 100% <laughs> not be towards the front of any of this. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit more about kind of what Checkers is seeing. 
So this withered husk with four small humanoid-ish individuals walking on all fours just burst through this wooden door. Do we see any signs of the other group that was here? You don't, although, you well, you don't see any signs. What you do is you do still hear yelling and possible whimpering coming from the area where the door just kind of exploded out. Okay, hmm. okay. And the area that we're in, so it's this large stone corridor. Are there any, like, lights or are there any, is there anything hanging from the walls? So right now, there is the light coming from the bar area. Okay. And then down this small corridor, there are periodic torches, mm-hmm. but they don't, it doesn't seem like they go very far. They, they go maybe maybe a total of of 50 feet in and then it's kind of it's dark after that okay Okay, cool hang on hang on we're coming and checker just kind of like mumbles to himself a little bit fine um he is going to cast a first level spell entangle around the creatures that just appeared through the doorway so what they see is this large amount of like seaweed just juts out from the stone floor and begins to try and wrap around the creatures in front of him that is going to be a DC 13 strength save for all of them, potentially. Strength saving throw, okay. Assuming they're all kind of like in the same spot. Uh, they are. You would be able to get them all with the same in the same area. Ooh. Oh, wow. Four of the creatures, including the larger one, failed. Nice. Perfect. Uh, one of the smaller ones doesn't seem to be affected. Okay, that's fair. And then the seaweed just kind of like gloops down to the, to the floor and turns into this kind of slippery algae, except for the ones that were caught by it. Checkers is going to use half of his movement to get off a mango and just, Mango, go for the one that didn't get caught. Uh, assuming that it's kind of like close-ish to the edge, maybe. Sure. So, sure. That, so that Mango doesn't have to like go into the spot. Right. So Checkers is going to use his bonus action to command Mango to attack. Uh, that's going to be 11 to hit. 11 does hit. Uh, hey! Wow. Interesting. Eight points of damage. Nice. Eight points of damage. As Mango slams his body into this small humanoid creature. As Mango does that, you hit the creature, you hear the impact, uh, even from where you're standing, and then there's this, <laughs> as the whole thing kind of just slams back against the wall and bursts into like this dust and and mold and anything dry that you can think of, almost like sand yeah. uh, type thing, as it slams against the wall, and that one is down. Nice. <laughs> What's wrong with these? It just exploded. Val is very confused as to what's happening, but no, she's got to get to those people. So she will cast Mind Sliver at the large skeleton. DC 13 Intelligence Saving Throw. Intelligence That one is a success. Boo. Sorry about that. That's all right. So one point of uh, clarification. Are the... Other people behind the door that the mummy just, or the person just came through? Yeah, they seem to be on the okay, other okay, side of that door. Are they, like, there's all the skeletons or creatures are blocking our entrance to that door right they, now. They correct? are in between that door and you, yes. Right. Nevi peeks around from behind Mango mm-hmm. and looks around and then eyes wide kind of like musters up some courage and then strides forward very purposefully and as he does from another pocket in his trench coat pulls out what appears to be an amethyst quartz geode so just imagine one of those like rocks that have the cool purple crystals that you find in gas stations (laughs) (laughs) and he holds that up with two hands he looks over at where whatever the nearest creature is, uh, nearest foe, and says, Sir, you do not know hoops you deal with. Not only are we the go- the golden, the gilded golden tree, the them, but also I am Nevi Levanster, descendant of dragons, and most importantly, descendant of the owners and operators of the Levanster family jewelry. How about you, sir? And he, it looks like takes this weird rock and lifts it up to his lips as if he's drinking from it and then brings it down opens his mouth and spits out a moat of fire at the closest thing as it casts okay. firebolt at him. Ooh. I really want that speech to be the verbal component for the spell. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that is a 19 on the oh, die. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No problems there. Uh, that is a one point of damage. One point of damage. It hits, it impacts, it definitely hurt it, but it does not catch on fire or explode or any of that other stuff that you have seen happen with Mango's opponent. Hmm. I swear that that usually works. Uh, all right. And then he scoots back behind the large frog. Kaskrin is going to 
charge into the entangled area and try to just place himself in between all of them, basically, as many as he can get right around him. As a bonus action, he begins to harden the stone on his arms and legs, turning them from a dull brown to a slightly more cobalt blue as he casts Stone Aegis on himself, reducing the amount of damage he takes. As he reaches the center of this seaweedy mass, he trudges through, and as he reaches the middle, he casts Sword Burst, swinging his hammer in a wide arc to get as many people as he possibly can. Uh, can everyone make me a dexterity saving throw? Ooh, all right. The restrained people have disadvantage on dexterity saving throws. Ooh, nice. oh, combo. And all the all of them are currently restrained. Okay. The big guy seems to succeed. The other three do not. Everyone else except for the big guy takes four points of damage. Ooh. You see all of the remaining smaller humanoids that were kind of on all fours on the ground just kind of... <laughs> And then there's, you can see these dust motes in the in the air around this larger one that's standing up. And then he kind of turns and looks at you. <sighs> Kaskrin just returns him with a defiant look, but then as the dust starts to come down, he's like, <coughs> <laughs> I'm breathing in people. I'm breathing in people. <laughs> oh, just big Lebowski scene. <laughs> All right. That brings it to the big guy's turn. There's a save that he has to. If he to wants, make. if he wants to get out, he, he can use his he, action to try and do it. Okay. Uh, uh, yes. Let, let he me would like to try to get out. Strength saving throw against DC 13. 14 on the die. Cool. So he, that is success. But it is uh, his action. It is his action. But he does then begin to move forward. Well, that was very nope. self-like, wasn't it? No, uh, no I, I resisted the urge as someone who also reuses voices constantly. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyir. Can the gang find Tyir, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hi, it's me, Sophie. Do you want more Reckless Attack? Then join our Discord and chat with us in our community. The link for the Discord is in the show notes, or head on over to our website, recklessattack.com. We also have a Patreon. You can listen to our new show, Reckless Snack, and other content if you become a patron. We really appreciate your support, and thank you for listening to the episode. At the beginning of the round, we have Cass and this, you're now close enough to it, you, it is most definitely undead. This undead humanoid creature looks like to be facing off. Keep him there, Sir Dwarf. About 20 or 30 feet away are essentially the rest of you back down this corridor. Cass, what's going on over there? What is that, th- what is that thing? It looks to be some sort of undead. I don't know. It's like... It's so dry. You think it lives down here? If you would like to make a religion skill check. Can Val do that? Uh, yes. Okay. Eight. Eighteen. Ooh, eighteen. Val must know. Val, <laughs> Val knows. It's a... White. I had to say a different word. I had to say right. <laughs> to, to, to get in the right, in the right, yeah. head, right mouth space. So uh, I'm assuming Val, you kind of yell that out. Yeah, yeah. Val's like, like while everybody's doing their action, she's just kind of like thinking and like rubbing her temple. 
and then excitedly yells out, It's a white! Is it a dead creature? And she's just kind of like happy, yelling, like <laughs> not at anybody in particular, but like just like a fountain of information. It just escapes her mouth in like a kind of excited yell. And she tells everybody is, what she knows. Is that is that good news? Knowledge is you, always good. You, you, no, uh, what's no. a white doing down it, here? You, you do know that they do not like sunlight. So mm-hmm. if you can, th- that is one thing you do know is if you can get them into sunlight, whether that helps you in this particular case or not, Mm-hmm. That, that is something you do know. Cool. Would I think that opening the door will provide enough sunlight into this cave? So the bar itself is inside the cave, so there's no direct uh. sunlight into the into the bar. You kind of get either reflected sunlight or it, it's lit, by, but there is no direct sunlight in the bar itself. Okay, okay, cool. In that case, what Checkers will do is he's going to use his bonus action to try and command Mango to grapple this thing. Um, okay. Just to keep it in melee range of Kaskarin. Mango's going to make an opposed athletics roll against this white. Oof. 18. 13. All right. So Mangle, his tongue lashes out, and he manages to grasp onto this undead dry creature. The white is currently grappled by Mango. What Checkers is going to do is he's going to whip out his crossbow and aim it at the white you just see this jagged fishing hook fly towards the creature. He's going to cast Thorn Whip as an action. Okay. Uh, he's going to make a melee spell attack. 11 to hit. 11, unfortunately, does not hit. Okay, yeah, there's just a lot going on with Mango and Kaskarin and this white just kind of moving around. That Checkers doesn't really get a good line of sight on this thing. Okay. After Checkers, we have Val. Val casts Sacred Flame. Need a DC 13 dexterity save. Ooh, 12. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> One point of radiant damage. I know that Ooh. feeling. <laughs> Val will start working her way, not towards the creature, but like around and toward, start making her way towards the door, giving the creature a wide berth. Nevi is suddenly abandoned as far as Nevi is concerned. The frogs have gone and he thought that there was an understanding there, but apparently not. And so he once again, just kind of very panics, looks around and, you know, kind of like leans around Kaskarin to look at this large creature and does an eep, drinks once more from his, uh, from his rock cup and was going to spitfire once more. 12? 12 does not Damn hit. Damn it. Ah. You fire this uh, this bolt out of your mouth. <laughs> it's very undignified. Yeah, he doesn't okay. like doing it. It kind of illuminates the the rock behind this creature temporarily as it bursts against the wall. Kaskrin takes a second to assess the situation. He sees that Mango is grappling this white. Does he still hear the sounds of people yelling for help through the door? You hear some noises, but you don't hear the frantic yelling that had brought you in there in the first place. Okay, that actually seems like worse news because if they're <laughs> still if they're not yelling for help, then I think something is wrong. So, Kaskrin takes one look at Mango and it's like, "Mango, you be a good boy and hold him there." And then he <laughs> is going to give Leska a knowing look and then run through the door to try and see if he can find the people still in trouble. The creature is going to take a swipe at you as you go with one of its dirty, dirty clawed hands kind of comes out and tries to scrape across your, well, let's call it your face. Got it. (laughs) My face, not the face. (laughs) Does a 15 hit you? It does not. Ooh, okay. You are able to duck to the side as this clawed hand kind of comes over top of you. I continue trudging through this sludgy seaweed. And I'll say it's also as Kaskrin turns around and begins to try and get through the door, checkers will pick up what you're putting down, and you'll just see kind of the the sludgy algae around you begin to slowly disappear, clearing the way to the door. Perfect. I love that it's algae, and so maybe it's not trudging through it, but it's so slippery. It's like trying to (laughs) walk on ice. You're you're cartoon banana peeling. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I choose to imagine that the white was doing the whole time. Like on roller skates. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, okay, so you make you make your way to the door and you look inside? Yes, I'm going to you know, try to go through it and see if I can get a line of sight on the people. Well, first thing, 
there's this broken splintered door like kind of at your feet. Um, but beyond the broken door is a small stone hall that extends about 10 feet back before opening into a larger chamber. You see some movement from further down, and it looks like a couple people kind of like dragging a third. And uh, you do see the outline of that larger creature with the, the featherless wings pulling the fifth member of the party. And they're, they looks like they're going farther in. Okay. Kashkin doesn't quite realize if the bird is an enemy or an ally, and so he shouts to them, Hold on, we're coming! Just, just hold on, wait a second! You also hear another louder, uh, one of those piercing wails that comes from even further down that cave. It looks like towards where that group is running. Or not running, but is, is moving. Okay, so they're moving towards the sound. They are moving towards that piercing wailing sound, yes. Okay, as an action, Kaskrin's going to turn around and throw an Eldritch Blast at the white. Okay. Uh, and through the door, you can see that Nevi is just like losing his goddamn <laughs> mind, where he's been with you for 45 seconds <laughs> yeah. and everyone has left him. <laughs> what is happening? What is happening? Natural one. Oh, this uh, is worse! <laughs> and it just impacts the, the side, like the trim of the door, and does nothing. Okay, and your your Eldritch Blast is like a spear? Yeah, it's like a golden light javelin that impacts. Okay, and, and it, 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 it flashes, and it does illuminate briefly this, this creature before it like, kind of winks out. And you're, you know, you're partially blinded just for a little bit, just for a second. It takes you, you have to blink a couple times before you can actually see the shapes again. Because, you know, hey, it's a one. Yeah. <laughs> it is the White's turn. This creature is going to not be happy about being grappled currently by Mango. Seems good. It is going to actually try to claw at Mango. Hold fast, Sir Frog! 16 on the die for a total of 20. Hits. Okay. Um, so. If you not... kill this frog before I kill this frog, <laughs> Steve, I'm going to be very upset. That's alternate reality. <laughs> uh, it was a dream all along. Mango takes six points of necrotic damage. Please have Mango make a constitution saving throw. Can do. Six. Ooh. (laughs) Uh, Mango's hit point total is reduced by that same amount. The maximum hit point total. Right now, Mango and this creature are locked in battle. It is uh, currently grappled by Mango's tongue, I believe, Mm. and it has slashed Mango across the back uh, with its incredibly dirty claws. Cass has run into the corridor beyond the little doorway and sees a retreating group of five. It doesn't look like anybody is being dragged as if they are unconscious or dead. They're being helped along. Okay. Um, So it looks like everybody is still Hmm. able to move, but not very well. We have Valeska and Nevi are currently a little bit still at the the, the part of the corridor that leads closer to the uh, the bar, trying to pummel it from far away. Checkers is so. What would happen is Mango hearing the words kind of reverberate in his head. Mango, you be a good boy. Um, knows <laughs> knows his duty. Um, you just see his eyes like get a little bit uh, angrier. <laughs> his eyebrows. His eyebrows just like uh, <sighs> go in, and he begins to just like to try and squeeze the life out of this Ooh. undead creature. At the beginning of his turn, he is going to use his Constrict ability, which is just he can squeeze a creature that he already has grappled for some amount of damage, and that damage is going to be six points of bludgeoning as he tries to nice. just Ooh. squeeze this white. Uh, is there any? It's, it's just a straight damage roll yeah, just because, straight because he didn't get out of it. Okay. Yeah. You can see that even though you're even though he's squeezing it, you can see that it's hurt, uh-huh. but it seems to do a little bit less than Mango's typical squeezing of a humanoid. Okay, interesting. And then Checkers is going to yell out, Mango, get him! As Checkers uh, commands Mango to slam into this white. 21 to hit. Ooh, oh, well, that'll hit. Eight points of bludgeoning damage as the white gets smashed by this large frog boy. I was just imagining like a like that ping pong paddle with the ball with oh, the, the, with the, the rubber band thing like, yeah <laughs> and just like Mango just like shoots his tongue out and like slams it back yeah. into himself Mango slams this white against the rock and it's weird you would expect the body to give uh-huh. more than the rock but the rock actually is the thing that crumbles and again he doesn't seem to take the full amount of damage okay sounds good and then Checkers as his bonus action is going to conjure up three magic frog stones and put them in his hat 
And he, All will, right. he will save those for later. Val is still going to go for Sacred Flame. Dexterity saving throw, please. Dexterity save. 13 total. Damn it. Get out ah. of here. <laughs> Saves, and she will continue following Cass into the compartment. Veleska, they're moving They're moving farther in. Nevi we got to go save him. Nevi, come on. Hey. <laughs> You're just going to leave me alone with this thing? Come on. We can shoot it from far away. <laughs> Nevi looks around dumbfounded, <laughs> having the unfortunate occurrence of having fallen in with accursed, could you imagine heroes? <laughs> Vomit. <laughs> Running in after competition. Oh, I dare say so. I shall never be doing this again. Yes. Val's like holding out her hand like, Nevi, come on! Nevi fighting against literally every instinct other than self-preservation <laughs> by sticking near large people is going to very awkwardly look around and then skitter is the only verb appropriate double moving past this creature and Mango, keeping a nice wide berth, moving the full complement of 60 feet uh, that he has to scurry past everyone uh, and into the hallway as well. Uh, and, but you just hear him go, oh, <laughs> as he runs past. This goes against everything I believe in. Kaskrin, seeing that Mango still has a firm hold of this creature, charges back towards Mango and brings his hammer up behind him. As he moves, he casts heavy blow, charging it with energy before bringing this hammer down upon the white. 23 to hit. That will hit. 17 points of damage. Ooh. His hammer impacts this white. You hit it, and it is a full-on impact with this thing, but again, it doesn't seem to take the full amount from that strike. Okay. It, it definitely did some. Gotcha. Can you have it make me a constitution saving throw? 13. Okay, that will save. Even with the heavy impact from my attack, it is not stunned. As a bonus action, Cast is going to grant Mango a Servant of the Citadel, giving him 5 temporary HP. Oh, wow. Nice. Ooh, Mango! Fancy. You stay safe. You're doing good. You're doing good. Then we have the White Stern. It is currently grappled by Mango and has a Cass standing next to it. It will stay grappled for the time being, and it is going to strike out with a claw at Cass. 16 to hit. Still misses. Ooh. His dirty claw just scrapes <laughs> against the front of Kaskrin's mail armor. You can see, even though it is kind of an emaciated face, this look of frustration comes over it, and then it kind of looks at Mango. Mango, one more shove. Let's do it. Checkers is going to command Mango to push the white over by shoving into it. He's going to make an opposed athletics roll. 17. 20. Hey, nice. Large frog. Yep, so Mango just like, wow. again, slams into this, not with the intention of bashing him against the rock, but with the intention of trying to like get his feet unsteady so that the white just topples over. And now, standing above the undead white is a large frog boy with his tongue grasping firmly against this undead creature. Um, I will. I should do one thing slightly differently. Before Mango does that, Checkers is going to hurl one of the magic rocks okay. that he just conjured. He's actually going to shoot it through the crossbow. Okay. And these do count as magical. These are magical, yes. yes. Okay. Correct. Eight to hit. Eight does not hit. A rock whizzes by Mango and Kaskarin in the white, and then suddenly the white finds itself toppled over. After Checkers, we have Val. I'm just I'm going to do it until he dies or it works. Yeah, okay. right. That's kind of my approach right now, too. <laughs> gotcha. Sacred uh, flame. That is a total of 10. Yes. Oh, nice. All right. It worked. There you go. No, I, you Roll good. betrayed me. I'm switching out. I know. I might have to dive into my D10s. Better. Five points of radiant Five damage. Po- Ooh, okay. It's a little muffled because there's a large swole frog boy on top <laughs> of him. But you do hear this as this fire, fire, and and radiant energy just slams down on top of him. Val would like to turn to Nevi, kneel down, and say, "Like, just hop on my back. It'll be easier and safer." <laughs> Nevi looks at you with the most affronted look that you've ever seen on a dragon face. Ma'am, I thought you held me in higher esteem. I shall not be a simple child's backpack upon you. I am 
a grown kobold man. And I respect that, and I'm just trying to keep you a grown kobold man that's alive. And that will turn away. And you can see in the background from a camera angle that no <laughs> character sees, Nevi's like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Val, you feel two horrible claws. <laughs> uh, but imagine it because you invited this. This is your fault, Sophie. Uh, you first feel, even in your short stature, you feel a weird claw like at your like waistline, grab like a belt and like individually scale you. Uh, and was the invitation for Nevi to be a backpack or to kind of do like a pool chicken fight stack also? <laughs> I was thinking more like a shoulder. Also I don't works. Know, kind of the Luke Skywalker Yoda. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah those. Uh, so Nevi would would. Val has a backpack on, so I guess I just imagine Nevi would be like standing on top of the backpack Perfect. and kind of like honestly like grab her hair. Yes, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. And again, here with horrible claws, <laughs> just like using your head as balance. Uh, he says, "Thank you," and then once again you hear a horrible. <laughs> <laughs> As he vomits up a little bit of fire at um, this creature. The the white is prone, so yes. it has to be disadvantage. I'm going to use my pun point <laughs> to cancel out that disadvantage. All right. So I'm like going to kill now. this thing very yeah. badly. 15. 15 does hit. Uh, yeah. Nine points of Ooh. fire damage, Ooh. if you please, sir. This firebolt impacts this creature on the ground, and you can see like a charred mark on its chest where it impacted. And you can see part of its clothing start to like smolder as if it's might catch on fire. If, uh, if it's hit with more fire, hard to tell. Nevi now fully emboldened and le- just leaning into this then just says, uh, have at it fellow guilders. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, it is Cass's turn. Guys, go on ahead. Checkers and I've got this. And he just brings his hammer down on this white one more time. That's a 19 on one die. He is going to use heavy blow one more time. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I think you, you like threw that at like craps table yeah. level of distance <laughs> across the table. That was impressive. 16 points of damage. 16. Uh, it does not seem to take all of that, but it looks really bad. So... Mango is holding this thing down. Checkers is firing magical stones at it, and Kaskrin is just trying to beat this thing to the ground as best <laughs> as he can. Stay and he's like, down. go, go on ahead. The bird is more important. There are children up there. Teens, actually. All right. <laughs> Less <Yeah>. compelling. <laughs> they should have known better. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I entered this. Technically, they are adults. It was in the waivers. <laughs> That's what I keep saying. They signed up for this. So this creature is going to try to get out of the grapple. All right. Contested athletics. Mango's going to hold strong. Not that strong. How strong did he hold? Eight. I got a nine. Ah! So this creature pulls at the, the tongue of Mango and, and, and until the point where Mango has to let go mm-hmm. and just the tongue goes back into Mango's mouth. <laughs> and then this creature stands up with half its movement and that's it. <laughs> All right, Cass. Teamwork. Let's do it. Let's do it, Checkers. Uh, Mango is once again going to try and shove this thing back down to the ground. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he is not pleased that this has man- he has managed to get out of his grasp. I, so I he- just keep imagining Mango is like holding on to it, but then just like keeps climbing yeah. on top of it and just trying to unbalance it and sit on him. <laughs> right. Now. Now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, Pose athletics. That's a 12. 16? Nine. All right. Uh, Mango finally manages to crawl on top of this white (laughs) and unbalance him in such a way that the white gets pushed to the ground. He has not grappled, but he is still prone. And I will once again uh, retroactively throw a rock before I do that. Before you do that. (laughs) Go ahead. I'll get this right one day. I promise. It's it's best Ah. to practice it in a mirror, mirror universe. Yes, exactly. So a rock gets hurled at the white. 14 to hit. 14 hits. Eight points of magical bludgeoning damage. Nice. All right. Uh, this stone slams into the white right as Mango is, <laughs> is is dropping it to the ground. The stone impacts, and then all of a sudden, Mango's entire body yeah. just collapses <laughs> yeah. on, top, yeah. on, on top of this thing. It does not burst as the other ones did, but it is definitely not moving. 
<laughs> you did it. And Mango just like slowly puts more of his body oh, yeah. weight yeah. on yeah. this thing <laughs> until like it is just covered. It's, until Mango is just kind of sitting on top of this thing. And that's, uh, it seems to be down. A claw taps the top of Valeska's head. Nevi asks, is it, um, is it over? Do we, do we know? Uh, Val whips around like, that one is dead, but we have more to go. <laughs> Do not whip so f- quickly, please. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Cass, can you please make me a quick perception check? There's a 16. Ooh. As Mango landed on this this creature, you do hear kind of a last last gasp come from it. And it says, Jen. Jen. Part of the reference that I don't get. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, I don't get no, I think we got to find Jen. He was headed back to the bar. The skeleton, as he burst through the the door, was like, "I to my party at the bar. I have to find Jen." It's a reference we don't get, but like, <laughs> there was more backstory to the Jen. Uh, okay, okay, got it, got it. It, it, it is a reference you don't get because you don't have all the information yet. Uh-huh. We have to unravel the pun. You, you, you must un- uh-huh. yes, it must be unraveled. Uh-huh. Got it. There are <laughs> layers. Okay. Okay. Incredible. Okay. <laughs> This isn't a one joke pun oh, podcast. No. no, no, no. It is layers built upon each other. We have a dungeon crawl to find yes. this pun. <laughs> okay. Kaskrin relays this information to Checkers and says, It said something about Jen. I think that might be someone back at the bar, actually. Did, did we meet a Jen? We might not have, but there might be someone up there that is named Jen or that we might, might know of who that is. Mm. And he looks back towards the door at the bar and then back towards the broken door and says, Velasca, follow the bird. We'll be right behind you. Before Kaskrin starts moving back towards the door to the bar, towards the light to see if he can check who this person might be looking for. Um, all right, Wait, we- wait, wait. We can't leave the door. We can't be readmitted. If we leave, that's the only time we You can end admit. the contest. Well, I'm wondering if we can like at least like knock on the door. You probably end the contest. Uh-huh. Ah, yeah. Ah, oh, geez. Okay. So at he at that realization, Kaskrin stops just before the door, just before he can see the small amount of light pouring through it, and he's just like, ah, "No, dang it!" And then you know, kind of almost grabs Checkers and does a 180. It's like <laughs> Checkers, wait, go, wait. Where are we going now? <laughs> we can't. There's still, there's still, we have to finish the competition. We can't leave yet or we'll forfeit. Oh, I don't want to do that. We got to find the treasure chest. And Kaskrin and Checkers runs back through the door. Mm-hmm. I imagine okay. that we hadn't even moved. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, you, guys, you guys, you guys were like, like just, uh, I don't know if um, Nevi was staying on top of Val. Yes. Okay. I feel like we have been like starting and stopping as we figure yeah. out, <laughs> figure like, out the, the balance. balance. Exactly. Yeah, and Nevi, I Val just like instinctually runs forward, and Nevi's like, "No, no, no, no! <laughs> How do I control yeah, this thing? We've we've gone all of fifteen feet yeah. down the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. In this time, Val has taken out some rope and just like made a loop that goes one under each armpit. So Nevi basically has like a little handle that like holds on because she's already sick of him scraping the hell out of her hair. Yes, uh, I'll do you. I'll do you one better. So. It, and this is all hap- has all happened in the time because of their commitments. Like we're doing this now, <laughs> yeah, right. is that now Nevi has looped it through a like a belt loop on his trench coat and has out of nowhere, from as far as any of you guys could see, because Val wouldn't even be able to see, is now holding a tiny but effectual royal purple umbrella in one hand uh, (laughs) that has little dangly fuzzy things that you would probably assume is because he's a kobold he can't go out into the sun too well uh and so is is holding like has one belt loop or a couple belt loops with rope is holding his rock still and now is just precariously balancing like a trapeze artist on top of val (laughs) with an umbrella uh, all right, uh, left foot, right foot. <laughs> no, I'm um, so, sorry. Uh, uh, and that's what you come upon. Yeah. <laughs> it is not progressed well. That's, that's brilliant. I love that. So basically, starting from about 20 or 30 feet into the, the hallway beyond the door, there is no more light from the outside. And there are no more torches lining the walls like there were in the main corridor. I know 
Not everybody has dark vision. I'd like to say uh, for the first time on the podcast, I have dark vision. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Val cast light. Okay. Checkers will light a torch. Are you casting light on one of your objects or somebody else's <gasps> stuff? I was going to... Cast it on my umbrella. Yeah, I was going to ask <laughs> if you cast it on his umbrella. That, that is the correct we, answer. We will say that that is also... Has that was all, part of our progression. Exactly. Yeah. We we didn't move far down the hallway, but we moved far in kind of an emotional, yeah. uh, <laughs> symbiotic fashion. We moved yeah. far in our hearts. Yes. <laughs> Just past the doorway, you can see that the corridor runs about 50 feet from that main chamber. And then you can also see that off to the right, it actually opens up into a much larger chamber and you can hear a little bit of water dripping or or lapping against something. Uh, there's like uh, some kind of pond or something that's being fed from some water being dripped from, the, uh, from above. I think we just keep continuing to where we saw the youths disappear. The youths. The youths. You follow that corridor, and it leads to a large circular chamber that's approximately 40 feet across and 50 feet long. In the northeast corner is a sloped passage that then branches off to the left and right. The left leads up around to a ledge overlooking the whole chamber. On the wall of the ledge, you can see a series of three slightly glowing glyphs. Each glyph has a lever sticking out of it. On the top of each glyph is written the word, right, as in R-I-G-H-T. And the bottom of each glyph has the word written wrong, W-R-O-N-G. So it's a lever, and then above it is right, and below it is wrong? I'm imagining a light switch, except for on and off, it's right and wrong. Yes, and and right now they are all in, those levers are all in a neutral position. Is there anything else in the room? Uh, You do see, uh, you make a perception check. Anybody that Guidance. wants to make a perception check. <laughs> I have very bad perception. <laughs> I'm too busy balancing. Caskrin yeah. with a 16. 13 for Val. 13? Okay, uh, both of you do see there are some drag or scrape marks on the ground. You know that the it looks like the group of kids had come through here. Uh, it does not look like they stopped at all. Uh, it looks like they just kind of kept going further down. So we're here to save them, right? We should follow their tracks. But I want to touch the levers. Hang on. Just, just give me one minute. One minute. Come on. Yes, I yeah, mean, I'm fine. the levers are here. We might, we should grab them, I think. Maybe there's treasure here. Who knows? I would prefer if it were treasure. Would you like to go with checkers to pull the levers? Uh, in so much as now I am strapped I to you, go with we must go. to the levers. Yes. And since everyone is going to, to check the levers. Indeed, indeed. Thank you. <laughs> Nevi has an idea. You see, he you know, kind of scratches his dragon chin again, hands filled with stuff. So it's very like he has to hold the rock under his chin to then gesture and (laughs) have a thinking scratching his chin face. But he looks at the levers and slowly folds up his umbrella as best he can. It's very awkward. It's very clattery and and Uh, very still glowing. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. One moment, one moment. Once he gets it collapsed, he reaches out and flicks down the first two levers to wrong. So levers one and two onto wrong. Okay. And then he leaves the third one in a neutral position. And he pauses for a second and he says, it is just as my mother once said. And he like is almost like tearing up at the thought of his dear beloved Levanster mother. Two wrongs don't make a right. <laughs> Look on Steve's face. Yeah. <laughs> it's close. But is it is it good, though? It, it is. A section of the wall kind of opens up slowly, and you can see what looks to be a canister. And Val is getting out of there. <laughs> wait, wait, uh, wait! You can see there's some kind of very dark liquid inside of it, but it also seems to be glowing. And it is glowing like a almost like a black light would where it's the it's Ooh. not it's not like um it, it is it is shedding a little bit of light, but it is not a bright, healthy it's more light. luminescent <laughs> yes. than yes. shining. Yes, exactly. It looks like the canister is about one third full. And it's just kind of put into a, an alcove that had op- uh, when this the the wall had opened up, there's a small alcove behind it and it's just kind of resting in that alcove. 
Well, this probably won't kill me immediately. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Is this wait. treasure? Yeah. <laughs> Val will cast Detect Magic. Okay. Um. Yes. Uh, the, 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 the glyphs, the glyphs are glowing as detecting is magical. And so is whatever liquid is in that canister. Do I know the school of magic? Yes. Necrotic. Don't drink it. Don't drink it. Not even a little bit. It's necrotic. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to go grab it though. (laughs) All right. You're able to, you're able to pop it out there and you have a, uh, it's probably, let's call it an eight inch tall cylindrical canister that is about a third filled with some kind of black liquid. Guys, look what I found. <laughs> All right, to the children, I guess. Do you think it, do you think you move it to the right? Because Steve said it's close, but not quite. As you're talking about that, Nevi, you know, has gone back to scratching his chin and he says, um, well, I will say my, my dear mother, did often lie about a lot of things, so yes, let us let us try. Val will walk over. That's gonna be bad. <laughs> Val walks over and Nevi, because it's I'm assuming a lever kind of tall enough where Nevi might have to be <laughs> the one. Nevi once again fumbles with the umbrella, flips it up. Yes. So you have the first two are pointed down to yes. wrong, and the third one you're putting to to right to right, suggesting that two wrongs do make a right. Gotcha. You do that. I'm so terrified about what you're about to and, say. And um, you're slightly surprised when nothing happens. Okay. Mm. However. Yet. No, what? <laughs> you do hear echoing down the chambers another ear-splitting scream. And that's where we're going to end. Ah! No! I don't like being on this end of it. <laughs> <laughs> the tables have turned, Nathan. No! Oh! <laughs> Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>